This message is from Grace Church, located in Frisco, a suburb of Dallas-Fort Worth. The Grace Church website is gracechurchfrisco.org. Craig Cabanis, the lead pastor, is the speaker for this message. Well, Merry Christmas. Thanks for being here. My name is Craig, and I'm one of the pastors here, and it's a joy to have you. Uh, if you've got kids with you, this will be a brief sermon, so uh, just so you know, don't, uh, don't worry. Uh, and the lights are dim, so nobody knows what your little one is doing. You know, it is easy to go through the Christmas season and to sing the Christmas songs that we're all so familiar with and give very little thought to the words we sing. We just sort of mindlessly sing them along. A couple of weeks ago on a Sunday morning, we sang the song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, on a Sunday, and something about that song stood out to me. Uh, it, just, it just caught me. I hadn't thought about it before. Here's the verse uh, that we sang in that song. O come thou, day spring, come and cheer. Our spirits by thine advent here. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadow put to flight. And so I was just sort of singing that moderately mentally engaged. And, uh, and I thought about that word day spring. I thought that's not a word we use very often, is it? Day spring. That's just a song, for a word from an old song. And I wondered, like, where did that come from? What day spring? Where is that found? Like, is there a biblical reference to that? And I searched my Bible, and day spring is not in my Bible. But that's because I wasn't searching the King James Version. And in the King James Version, the word day spring appears twice. It appears once in the Old Testament and has nothing to do with Jesus in that reference. And it appears like three verses before the birth of Jesus' narrative. It appears in the New Testament in Luke 1, right before the story of Jesus' birth. And it's a word I never had thought about much with regard to his birth. It appears when uh, Zechariah, a priest, is speaking. Zechariah is the father of John the Baptist, and he's delivering this prophecy. And he prophesies about his newborn son, John the Baptist, and then he prophesies about Jesus, and that's where the word comes in. So this is Luke 1, 76 through 79. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. That's John the Baptist. To give knowledge and salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace." So then, actually, a couple of verses later is Luke 2, and we get the Christmas story of Jesus' birth in Bethlehem. So the prophet, so the verse starts by saying the prophet John the Baptist will go before Jesus. He will go before him, and he's the prophet of the Most High. He will prepare the way for Jesus. He will announce salvation, the forgiveness of sins. And then the next two verses are about Jesus. Because of the tender mercy of our God, it reads. And there is the theme, the heart, the purpose of Christmas. Christmas is motivated by God's mercy. It's motivated by his deep compassion for you and for me. That's the whole purpose of Christmas. And then to demonstrate that deep mercy, Zechariah gives a metaphor, a picture, a word picture. He says, the sunrise shall visit us from on high, and there's the word, 
sunrise. That's the word day spring. The ESV translates it sunrise. And it's called day spring because the word means something that springs forth. So in the dawn, the day springs forth. And in the metaphor, it says that Jesus is like the dawn, the sunrise springing forth. And it, it reflects his mercy because it says, he, he, uh, the sun shall rise to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. And so in the picture that, that uh, Zechariah talks about, he says, when Jesus comes, it will be like the warmth, the brilliance, the glory of a sunset, shining light on people who sit in darkness. Those were the people of Israel in that day. And that's you and me as well. Those who are in darkness, in the shadow of death. This sunrise, this day spring, it's what the people of God had waited for for centuries. Because you see, it hadn't always been dark. God didn't create everything dark. God created Adam and Eve and uh, they lived in perfect light. They lived in perfect harmony with one another. The world was created without sin, without sorrow, without even death without suffering. So it was all light. They flourished in a perfect relationship together and with God. They flourished in a perfect relationship with the environment as well. But then they disobeyed God, Adam and Eve. They disobeyed God and everything changed. They traded the light for darkness and we've inherited that word, that world where, where we live in a, in a darkness with a fractured relationship with God and a fractured relationship with others. Now, certainly we look around and we see good people doing good things, especially at this time of year. But if we're honest, if we're honest, every one of us knows deep inside that the world is really not, it's not as it should be. And if I'm honest, I say I'm not really as I should be. The world is broken, and I am broken, and that is the darkness that Luke 1 speaks about. We see darkness, if we're perceptive, discerning, awake, uh, we see darkness all around us, don't us, don't we? We see darkness in our society and in the world surrounding us. I mean, anybody who pays attention would say, hey, these words are true. We sit in darkness in the shadow of death. Our culture is filled with racism and hatred. Our world has war. We live in a land of corporate greed and political corruption who will be sentenced this week. We live in a land where there is, in a world where there is sex trafficking. We live in a world where the vulnerable live in danger. Children endangered in the womb. Children endangered at the border. Children endangered by sexual abuse and physical abuse and neglect. We live in a world where there's so much pain that we are enduring an opioid crisis in our culture. We live in a nation that is divided and polarized with hatred in in almost unlike any other time that I can remember. We are sitting in the darkness, in the shadow of death. And it's not just a societal darkness in our world. It's darkness that we know personally. We know the darkness, the emptiness of loneliness that touches every person in here at points. We know the darkness of fear and the darkness of depression. Every one of us has experienced that. We know the darkness that we create and are responsible for, the darkness of anger, the darkness of pride, the darkness of selfishness, the darkness of unforgiveness, the darkness of greed and lust and gluttony and cynicism, 
Darkness is emptiness. And rather than filling it with light, we often fill our darkness with more darkness. We overspend to fill the darkness. We overeat. We overindulge in alcohol. We overindulge in activity and busyness. We overachieve and display it all with our pictures on social media, craving someone to like our existence and affirm what we have accomplished or done. This, too, is darkness. This darkness is called the shadow of death. Death is the ultimate darkness. And lest you wonder if death is the darkness, ask anyone in the room tonight who's experiencing their first Christmas without someone they loved who lived in, who died rather, in 2018, and you realize that's the darkness that you just realize that this is not the way it's supposed to be. It's not the way God created it, that we would say goodbye to a loved one. That's not how he created things. That's the darkness that came with the fall. But like a glorious sunrise, the Bible says the tender mercy of God breaks into the darkness with the coming of Jesus. God in the flesh comes. That's the dawn, born of the Virgin Mary. Few saw the sunrise initially. Uh, Some wise men saw it. The shepherds saw it initially. But it wasn't until 30 years later when Jesus began his ministry that the daybreak really dawned and 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 the, the sunrise could be seen and heard and experienced and felt as Jesus taught the truth. He came announcing good news that he was the way to God to reconcile us to the Father. We, we saw the daybreak and experienced the daybreak when he pursued the marginalized, when he healed the sick, when he delivered the demonized, when he loved the poor, when he honored women, when he welcomed children, when he rebuked legalism, when he showered mercy upon everyone that he encountered, the light was shining. And ultimately, he took on the darkness on the cross. He took our sin, our rebellion, our darkness. He took it on himself on the cross when he died. And and the Bible says that the sky actually turned black when he died, dark and black. That just pictured that the sunrise has now become dark as as he took our sins upon himself. He was buried, and on the third day he rose and rose from the dead, defeating Satan and sin and death. And so while the sunrise began at his birth at Christmas, the sunrise was blazing hot when he was resurrected from the dead to defeat the darkness. That's why he came. And tonight, this many years later, he is still the sunrise who is dawning on dark lives. Those who recognize our darkness and turn to him the light, believing that Jesus is the God-man who came to give his life for us, to rose to defeat death and forgive us and give a new life to us. The one who comes to restore all things and make all things right. He's not an impersonal light. When the Bible says he's the light, the sunrise, when he says he is the light, it's not an impersonal light or force. He's the one who is with us. He's the kind of light that guides. That's what the verse says. For those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet in the way of peace. He's the sunrise who's with us to shine light, to guide our steps one step after another toward peace. The Bible says he's not only with us, Emmanuel, God with us, but for the believer, he's actually in us by the Spirit, and we're in him, united.
It's a beautiful, beautiful picture. It says he's guiding our steps to peace. The word peace is the word shalom. And it doesn't mean an absence of conflict. It includes that. But it means much more. It means flourishing. It means life the way it was created to be lived. It means when all things are restored. It means when the darkness is permanently done away with. The scripture says that Jesus will one day return and that he will light everything. That he will establish a new heavens and a new earth. And in the new heavens and new earth, the Bible says there is no darkness. The Bible says there's not even a sun because the, the glory of Christ lights everything. There'll be a day when there is no darkness, there is no night, that all who know him will experience the light of his glory, the beauty of his love, the wonder of his grace forever and ever. Some of us here tonight need that kind of sunrise in our lives. If you're here tonight and you would say, well, I've never experienced that in my life. I feel like I don't know what you're talking about. I've never experienced, tasted this kind of experience. I've never known God in reality. It's, he's eclipsed in my view. He's, it's darkened to me. Well, God, God reveals himself in Christ, and, and you can trust him. You can turn from your darkness, turn to him, the light who died on the cross. You can recognize his death for your sin, his resurrection for your sin, you can turn from darkness and put your faith in him and say, Christ, I, I receive you and I want to follow you. And if you do so, he, he will turn your darkness into light. It is his light that opens your eyes, that grants you faith. And as you respond to him, you will step out of the darkness and into the light. A little bit at a time, ultimately, things get more light. But one day, it will all be light. And if you've never experienced that, I encourage you tonight to trust him. Just tell him you believe and you're turning to him. Well, tonight we gather in a dark room and we gather to sing and to pray and to hear God's word and to light candles celebrating the sunrise has come and he's given light to those in the darkness. And so the words of O come, O come, Emmanuel are powerful, aren't they? O come thou day spring, come and cheer our spirits by thine advent, advent means coming, our spirits by thine advent here, disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. This is the message of Christmas, that God has come and he is dispersing clouds and he is, he is putting shadows to flight and one day he will return and make all things right. Tonight, may he cheer our spirits, as it says, by his grace and for his glory. Merry Christmas. You've been listening to a message from Grace Church. For more information, visit our website or write us at podcast at gracechurchfrisco.org.